this political coliseum, we slay the rising beast with the fateful sword of truth that transcends hypocrisy and censorship. It's time to unleash yourself from the tyrants of media propaganda on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. This is Unleashed, the political news hour. This is Unleashed, the political news hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Chris Cordani here behind the mic. Nikki Haley is staying in the race for the Republican presidential nod. Lawfare against Trump continues, and Disease X looms around the corner for the WHO power grab. Watch out for that. Later on in the program, I'll talk to Drew Thomas Allen about some of the top issues surrounding the upcoming election. He's the author of the book, America's Last Stand, Will You Vote to Save or Destroy America in 2024? Lawfare against Donald Trump has become free campaign advertising and exposure of the deep state's corruption at the same time. This is good for people to see what's happening and how it can happen to them. Trump has the money to fight back. Most of us do not. Big biz man and Shark Tank personality, his, uh, Dennis O'Leary, has already said he won't do business in New York thanks to that verdict. This endangers people who want to invest, especially in real estate, in New York. Well, nice going, Letitia James, and nice going, Judge Meathead Engeron. But he gave me the impression this was fixed from the start anyway. Making things worse, and I want to get to the business end pretty soon, but making things worse, uh, Judge Engeron seems to think he's slick by appointing another politician, another political Clinton-appointed judge to monitor the finances and distribution. As reported in Reason Magazine via the Gateway Pundit, Judge Engeron appointed retired U.S. District Judge Barbara Jones to continue in her role as an, quote, independent monitor, unquote, of the Trump business empire, but expanded that authority to review financial disclosures before they're submitted to third parties. Judge Jones can hire an independent director of compliance. Yeah, independent. Okay. And she has the authority to compel Trump to sell some or even all of his businesses down the road. Basically, if he doesn't go away, they will make things worse for him, and they're going to try to do it via lawfare. That's what they're doing. It's getting annoying. But we all know anybody who is anybody who's cracked open not just a law book, but a Britannica encyclopedia knows this. Trump had not committed any fraud. Deutsche Bank even corroborated that on the witness stand and under oath. We know the fix was in. Think about this. Banks do their due diligence on property values. Are you going to actually, no matter, no matter who the customer is, no matter how wealthy or, or business-oriented this person is, they say they have something on, uh, they can use as collateral. Mar-a-Lago will say, and that's what he said. Don't you think that any bank would do their research and make sure it's worth what, it, what the guy says it's worth? And hopefully more than that, I believe they only lend on a, a, a fraction, maybe half or a little more of the value anyway. But they they don't tend to plan on using cheap garbage like like the land. Uh, remember Lake Chickamacomica from the old Mary with Children show? They wouldn't use that kind of stuff as collateral for big loans, even from business moguls like Donald Trump. Yeah, Think about it. It's bad business to do this. It's idiotic to even think that this would happen. But, of course, if you want to throw somebody, throw the book at somebody, even if it's a, a fantasy book, 
what makes this a little bit of fun is watching people like Governor Kathy Hochul begging, begging businesses not to leave the Empire State. Have you been watching her? She's trying to say, if you follow the rules, all will be okay. Uh, but we know that there's, she's given a clear message. If you aren't a woke biz, if you speak out against the state or challenge the state in any way, we're going to come after you. I live in New York. I agree with the truckers who are striking, not doing business here. I agree with anyone who says, nope, nope, nope. And keep in mind, we all know that Attorney General Letitia James ran an angry campaign for her office, and I believe for governor as well, all on coming after Donald Trump. I guess she kept her promises. And do you ever watch Kathy Hochul? When she talks, she never unclenches those teeth. She must, I, I don't know. I, I would say her bun is tighter than Major Houlihan's if she had a bun, but I'm not sure what the heck's going on with her. Maybe she's afraid of having the picture taken without the, uh, with her mouth open, but it just is, it seems phony when she talks with those clenched teeth. Another thing, I know the left gets triggered over virtually anything, but sneakers... Come on. Granted, I don't like the style of this Trump sneakers, but I'm not a sneakerhead. There are a lot of people who just collect these things. They love this stuff. Some guy in Ukraine bought him, bought a pair for 9000 If people buy them, they will. Trump knows this. He knows the market. Perhaps lefties should be worried about their beloved Nike being uh, that they're slashing 1,600 jobs and cutting $2 billion of their budget. Uh, how'd the Colin Kaepernick campaign do for you? Or maybe was it the loss of all the free child labor? On to the Nikki Haley front. She says she's in it for the proverbial long haul. I was watching her speak on Tuesday in Greenville. I wasn't in Greenville. I was on the internet. Call herself a uniter while cutting up her opponents as dividers. I'm going to say this, and I know a lot of you aren't going to like it. I appreciate that Nikki Haley is remaining in the race. And before you get at me on this, before you start sending angry letters to Malcolm, I, I'm going to give you my point here. and I, I think many of you can agree with me. Aside from her playing the race card and the crying on cue, she has some points, and her being here has some points. While Trump did a good job as president, we can all agree with that, and he's the most likely nominee. We can all agree with that. Let's not go the Democrat route of a coronation. That's their MO. We're better than that. That's right. Uh, I guess I'm saying if they uh, go low, we'd go high. Am I, am I saying that? A little, even very little competition will do two things. It'll offer a challenge but also air the concerns of those who oppose the frontrunner so those can be considered in the general election. That's important. The Democrats always, always have a coronation. They don't appreciate any dissent among their ranks, even if they get it. And to ensure the fact that they don't have this dissent, they make sure that these superdelegates will vote in favor of the preferred candidate. You saw that happen with Hillary Clinton over Bernie Sanders. And you did see that they said they were making reforms on this, but no, they haven't. They just have another sneaky way to make sure the superdelegates vote for their preferred candidate. So anybody, let's, let's say RFK actually stayed and ran against Biden, even though he knew it was going to be a lost cause, and I'm sure that was the main reason, this would have happened. Then he wouldn't be able to spend money on an independent run. Kennedy is a smart man. As unpopular as Biden is, there's still a voter's fatigue for Trump and Biden. And again, we're not on the Trump fatigue side, but you have to understand, and many people have to understand, there is maybe a 1% or 2% group of people in swing states that will decide this election. Four or five, six states maybe, and 1% or 2% of the people in those states. If they're sick and tired of both these candidates, they may stay home or they may throw a vote in for Kennedy. Haley's got a point. She does have a point, and people, we should really take this into account when it comes to the general election. 
don't stay home if you want to vote for Donald Trump. Because people who have fatigue against both these candidates will either stay home or vote for Kennedy. So remember that. She's raising awareness of all this and making sure that you don't stay home during the general election. And perhaps she's gearing up to run into it in 2028. She says she isn't, but come on. You run for name recognition, and I don't begrudge any, any of that. She also is never a never-Trumper. Okay, yes, she's running against Donald Trump. Yes, she's, going, uh, she's playing the game. She's going on his age. But she was on his side for a while. She's not running because she's saving America. And I don't think she's running just to be an alternative to Trump. She's running because she wants to be president, here or later. And she's dead wrong about a few things, too, when I was listening to her speak. Trump's not bullying. She likes to use the term bullying like the left likes to throw around. The fact is, he's a showman. He loves to rail on his opponents and, and, and see if they can just come up from being beaten in submission with insults or, 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 or strong points of, from his policy against weak points on theirs. And look, he did this to Ramaswamy. He did this to uh, uh, DeSantis. I mean, the guy calls DeSantis desanctimonious, but the second those guys say, all right, we give up, you beat us, he congratulates them, says you made a good run, we had a good time, now let's work together. And that's going to happen with Nikki Haley. I truly believe that. And this garbage about elites want Trump to run, that's a complete lie. We all know that too. Nikki, the elites want you to run because they don't want Trump to sniff the presidency even close to it anymore. The New York Times is reporting Joe Biden and his people are upset. Media is reporting about his age. I find this very interesting because it's a story. It's important. What he's clearly saying and what the left is clearly saying about any reports about his age or his flubs or anything else is, the Democrats believe they're entitled to have the entire mainstream media in their proverbial collective back pocket. This happened during the Obama era as well, and even Hillary Clinton. They assume that whatever they do, whatever happens, they're going to be backed by the media and backed by the establishment, which in the vast majority of cases is true. But if the establishment says, hey, you got to go after this guy so we can find a reason to replace Biden on the ticket... Well, it's going to happen. At least he's not as bad as Congresswoman Barbara Lee, who's running for Senate in California. She thinks that she thinks that minimum wage in the state should be raised to fifty dollars an hour. Where does the far left get their uh, economics education from? I mean, what is this? The AOC Squad Economics Academy? Uh, it sounds like the Southampton Institute of Technology. If you get my drift. And not to be outdone, the World Health Organization has found itself in a position to spin its power grab known as the Pandemic Treaty. At this year's Globalist World Government Summit, President worried that the Globalist Pandemic Agreement risks being sabotaged by, now get this, quote, a litany of lies and conspiracy theories about the agreement. You know, misinformation. The battle cry of those who are really misinforming us. He keeps floating this disease X pandemic, which he says is coming. And he's trying to scare people into saying, let our government sign over our sovereignty, our control. The guy has been snorting too many pop rocks. That's what I think. I don't want guys like that telling us what to do with our health decisions. The fact is, powerful nations giving up their sovereignty to any kind of world organization is a clear submission to the globalists and has to stop. Heck, if the EU's farmers can say, forget you globalists, Sure, I think that's the best word I can say. I don't want to curse here on, on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Get the articles, podcasts, and pertinent news. Always the uncensored truth from a team of truth seekers who always put God and country first. 
That's AmericaOutloud.news. Straight ahead, we'll look at what's really at stake in the upcoming election with Drew Thomas-Allen. He's the author of the book, America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? I'm Chris Cordani. This is Unleash the Political News Hour. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use Cofix RX because it works. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's foreign protein cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. You're listening to Unleash the Political News Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. I'm Chris Cordani. You heard what I had to say about the top stories on this program. Now let's pull it all into context of this election year. It's coming, and it's coming faster than you think. With me is Drew Thomas Allen. He's the author of the book America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Drew, welcome to Unleashed. Hey, Chris. Good to be with you, brother. Good to have you here. And it's funny how Joe Biden and his followers are still making claims a Donald Trump election will, and I love when they say it, destroy democracy, or better yet, destroy this democracy like they don't even know it's a republic. We've been through that several times. Yeah, I mean, it's it shows the ignorance of the left. I mean, they look, they manipulate, they bastardize the language. Uh, everywhere they go, they destroy and alter. Um but yeah, look, this this Donald Trump is a threat to democracy claim. That that's a claim that they've been saying since 2016. I point this out in the book and go through it, but look, he hadn't even been president yet when they were claiming he was a threat to democracy. So what the left does, of course, as we know from experience paying attention is they just create a narrative out of nowhere and then they fabricate the evidence or they seize on things and take it out of context to try and give evidence and credibility to those lies like Trump Russia collusion. Um, you know, I mean, we can get into all that stuff, but all of these things are absurd because if you have a couple of brain cells to rub together, you know that they're full of crap. You know, it's not it's not Trump. Uh, who went over to Moscow and gave a speech for $500,000. That was Bill Clinton. It's not the Trump administration that sold, you know, a fifth of our uh, uranium stores 
to the Russians. That would be the Obama administration. It's not, you know, uh, obviously the Trump administration that saw an invasion of Ukraine. That was the Obama administration and the Biden administration. But despite all of that evidence, despite all of the actual fascism that we're witnessing from the Democrat Party, they want to absurdly claim that Trump is a fascist. Trump is a dictator. Trump is all these things, but that's what Marxists have to play. Uh, they have it easy sometimes with Trump. I'll be honest with you. He does come off as brash. And to these people who uh, who like to vote left, they never like that boss that comes into the, the job and, and sets things straight and starts uh, getting rid of the dead wood and telling people you have to work here and work hard or else you're gone too. It scares those types. I can get into the sandbox politics of the left. I, I, uh, that's my sandbox theory, but I'll do that maybe a little bit later on in the discussion if I have time. We do want to talk about you in the book and, and put it in contrast uh, or in context here. Uh, let's let's take it to something that that just happened recently. Last week, uh, Joe Biden, uh, he was going off on Vladimir Putin for his treatment of political dissidents. This is all while Biden is doing what they all fear and what and what he's saying that Putin's doing. Not only does the left or his do his followers accept this, they actually unwittingly cheer what he's doing on. True. There it is. The destroyers are projecting their perpetrations of the people who are paying attention or on the people who are paying attention, I should say. And it's the way the Dems pull their Putins. That's I like to call it that. They're pulling the Putins. They make it sound like it's necessary. They wrap it up in a pretty or harmless package and and freed, uh, or let's say they'd feed the sheep their Purina sheep chow. We know what's happening, Drew, but let's talk about how we can get people to pay attention to what's really going on. Well, look, this is what Democrats always do. The latest Putin narratives, right? It's always two narratives. Uh, you know, Trump is a Putin puppet and we are against Putin and thus for democracy. So there's always these two parallel narratives that go together. They did this with race relations in America. They spread these myths, right? I call this the myth of the big switch, for example, which is race relations in America. So throughout the Democrat Party's entire history, they were pretty much exclusively responsible for obviously upholding slavery, then then you know Jim Crow afterwards, for example, and then now we have welfare. But they would claim that you know in 1964, suddenly out of nowhere, the Democrat Party become the ch became the champions of blacks because LBJ signed Kennedy's uh, Civil Rights Act of 1964 into law, and that was the moment Republicans who actually were responsible for making sure the bill passed in the first place. But Republicans suddenly became the anti-black racists in America and Democrats became the champions. So they they just they, they tell these myths. So now the myth is, you know, the Putin, Trump, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, based on Trump, Russia collusion. And it, it never ended, despite the fact that obviously where do communists find their homes, Chris, where have they been finding their homes since the 20s? Hollywood, Democrat Party, the Democrat, uh, um, uh, uh, different groups throughout this country. So, you know, it's, it's such a farce. But look, I mean, unfortunately, the Democrats smartly took control of the education system. They've taken control of so many levers. It's kind of like this, I call it a, um, a uh, what do you say? It's it's like a vert it's like vertically integrated in, in, in the country because you have the Democrat Party and then beneath that they control all the means of everything down to the education system and elsewhere. And so the unfortunately, the burden is on uh, 
people listening to your show, to me, to you, to be educated and informed and to go out and, and inform other people. I think the big problem, the, the big mistake that we make is just thinking that someone else is going to save the country for us, whether it's a president or whatever. But the issue with America is that, as you pointed out, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. And as George Washington said in his farewell address, you know, basically that is dependent upon an enlightened citizenry. And obviously the media is a propaganda machine and their job is to ensure that people are not enlightened. So again, people don't like the answer when they say, how do we solve this? What do we do? But the answer is you got to look in the mirror. You're, 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 you have to do something about it. We have to be actively engaged. When Benjamin Franklin came out of Independence Hall, as he was after he was trying to convince a few holdouts to support the new constitution of the United States, you know, he encountered a woman on the way out. Uh, I think her name was Elizabeth. And she, she asked him, I mean, think about this. It's after the American revolution, long, long battle, lots of sacrifice, lots of pain and suffering, lots of doubt. And we finally beat the British empire. And obviously we're looking to create that, which we fear, which is a new government. And this woman asked Benjamin Franklin, you know, well, you know, do, do we have a monarchy or do we have a republic essentially? And he says, well, you know, ma'am, a republic, if you can keep it. And I tell that story because he said you. He didn't say if we can keep it, if the politicians can keep it. He said if you can keep it. And the American people, unfortunately, because the double-edged sword of our prosperity is that we become lazy and we take things for granted. And so we sit here and we watch Netflix and we do these things. Uh, okay. I, I, yeah. got I got you there, Drew. Uh, the thing is, and I want to get to that point where we're lazy. Um, we have people who look and only who only read headlines or what they see on the social media or in the newspapers. They don't like to read the articles. It's bad enough the mainstream media uh, gatekeeps a lot of things um, from the rest of the people, from all of us who tries to do their best. But even so, most of the people who even follow the mainstream media will only read the headlines. Most of the people, a lot of people even on our side will do the same thing. The thing, what, what happens is people are a little lazy when it comes to knowing or, or learning what's going on around them. Here's the funny thing. They see, they see what's on the surface. The Dow Jones is doing well. It's high. What they don't see, however, is that uh, the, 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 Federal Reserve's interest rates are very high, unless, of course, they're going to try to buy a house. They'll see that then. You're going to see that uh, uh, the quantitative easing and the, and the excessive debt spending and the, and, the, and, the more, and the continued printing of money has made that dollar worth a lot less. You're probably looking at 70, I believe it was 70% less than it was worth back in 2020. Uh, that's, that's, those are the numbers I've read. But you're looking at the fact that, yes, with the, the, the lower value dollar, that's why we have the Dow Jones looking so good. And by the way, why are we looking at the Dow Jones? That's 30 select stocks. That doesn't even tell you what's going on at any time in the, in the market. Now, let's throw around the unemployment numbers. They're, they look so good right now under, under uh, Joe Biden. Well, maybe they do because after two years, when people stop looking for work, they get dropped off the rolls. They get dropped off that portion of the survey. This, these are the things people need to know when they read the headlines. We have to arm them. Yeah, well, it, it, it's, it's even worse than that, in my opinion, because even when these people are repeatedly exposed as liars, frauds, and crooks, they continue, certain voters out there continue to go back to the same people that lied to them for their information. Here's a perfect example. 
2022, I believe it was, in quarter two fiscal of the fiscal year, the Biden administration came out and claimed that they had created a million new jobs. Spectacular number. Unbelievable job creation. And then it took until f- December of that year for the Philadelphia Fed to actually look at the numbers themselves and realize that the Biden administration had only created about 10,000 jobs in Q2. So this is what these people do. They lie through their teeth, and then they revise the numbers down later, or by the time the truth comes out, it's too late and people bought the narrative. It's like hands up, don't shoot with Michael Brown. It never happened. Never, ever happened. And yet, people are still, on the anniversary of his death, going out and celebrating Michael Brown as if hands up, don't shoot happened. Once the narrative is is put out by the left, there's like no going back. And so, unfortunately, it's the, I mean, look, if, if I lie to you two, three, four times, I mean, hold me accountable by not listening to me at some point. But the American people won't hold any of these liars accountable for anything. They lie about Biden. They lie about Trump. They lie about the economy. They lie about everything. They lie about COVID. And we still worship these people. It's because they can. Drew Thomas Ellen is with me. He's the author of the book, America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Let's go to another set of circumstances here. Uh, On the surface, you see a lot of uh, problems around the world. And okay, we do understand that. We also know Biden's domestic failures can only be overshadowed by his foreign policy incompetence. He tends to blame everything on Vladimir Putin. But here's something that he cannot blame on Putin that voters really do need to realize when it comes to the election in 2024. America has, or at least the Biden administration, has lost a lot of influence because of its failure to back Israel. A lot of influence over Israel as well, the nation's latest, uh, closest Middle Eastern ally. Um, and again, this is this this comes after its own citizens or its citizens were merciless, mercilessly attacked by Hamas roaches. They 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 were slaughtering children, kids, elderly people. And Joe Biden is trying as hard as it can to demand a ceasefire. Netanyahu is laughing at him, which in turn prompts Iran to start a proxy war against the U.S. and the West, because you know what? They believe they can. And this is what people voted for back in 2020, probably unwittingly. They have to wake up to this in 2024. Uh, They better because what we're looking at already is a new dark age in American history. And I mean that sincerely when men can have babies, up is down, right is wrong, and so on and so forth. It's very 1984-ish, certainly. Uh, But we're going to lose our country. We cannot sustain another four years of Biden and the Democrats doing what they're doing. They are the existential threat to this country. And I know the Democrats engage in hyperbole by comparing Trump to Hitler, et cetera, et cetera. Democracy is at stake and so on and so forth. But they're full of crap. But we are not when we say they are an existential threat to our country. And I want to say something. I don't even care if it's controversial. It shouldn't be controversial for anybody who loves this country. Uh, You know, Navalny, right? Alexei Navalny just died in jail. I am sorry for his family, but people die every day. And I'm supposed to be obsessed with Alexei Navalny. Americans didn't know who Navalny was. Some of them might have remembered from 2020 when there was a story out there that cut through the COVID stuff that he was poisoned. But nobody knew who Navalny was until last Friday when the media seized upon it. 
The point is, we're supposed to go to war with Russia because of what happened to Navalny in the, it, it, over there. We want a peace deal with Hamas, and they've taken Americans hostage. We don't know what, what is going on with them. Gonzalo Lira was an American citizen who died in a Ukrainian prison a month before Navalny. The same media that's telling us that Putin's a monster and we need to go to war with Russia because of what he did said nothing about the fact that Zelensky arrested somebody for calling him a cokehead and speaking out against Ukraine. And that person died in prison as well. My point is there is no context for what is going on. And we're being taken for a ride right now with all of this. That's my point. It's not about Putin's a monster, but I'd have a piece coming out today or tomorrow about the fact that we've got monsters in America. Look at the J6 protesters. Look what Trudeau did with the Canadian truckers. He suspended their rights and actually imprisoned some of, well, he imprisoned four of them for two years and finally let them out, uh, which was an acknowledgement that they were in there and trumped up charges. So my point is, we have tyranny happening all over the world, including here at home. Where are these courageous Putin critics to criticize our own government? Because look, Putin's a monster. But, you know, they have an established tyranny. So why are we obsessed with overturning an established tyranny elsewhere when we're not preventing a tyranny from taking root here in America? That's my point. And, and the funny thing is they're telling us that uh, the new guy, Donald Trump, if, if and when he gets in in 2024, uh, 2025 again, is the tyrant. He's the bad guy. The fact is, I, haven't, I did not see Donald Trump throwing people in jail just because they well decided to run against uh, Joe Biden, or uh, excuse me, attempt to uh, throw somebody in jail because he ran against Joe Biden, I didn't see um, I didn't see Donald Trump throwing anybody in jail because they uh, they asked a question about uh, his being elected. Heck, the, th- that was actually legitimized and mainstream back in 2017, 2018, and also known to be false. By the way, the fact is Joe Biden is telling everybody that Putin's a horrible evil thug dictator, yet he's doing many of the same things that Vladimir Putin is doing today. The problem is people, uh, people encourage this. His followers encourage this and they seem to enjoy the idea that he's doing so because he's wrapped it up in a nice little uh, pack. He's, he's acting like he's uh, all nice and grandpa-y with his little foibles and tripping up the stairs and everything. Like, How could this harmless old man do all this sort of thing? The fact is he is doing it and Apparently, apparently his voters are blind to it, blind to all of this because they either they're afraid of Donald Trump or they just like the idea. They like the idea of silencing any critic of the way they think. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I think, the scarier prospect that you're talking about now. And there's several things, of course, going on. It's all of the above, I think. But we we witnessed this during COVID. This is what was very scary to me, Chris. And I'll, I'll be honest. And I'm sure a lot of people had this experience. Look, um, I went to an all-male college preparatory school in high school in, in Dallas, Texas. Kind of an elitist school, right? Wore, wore a tie and coat every day. And it was a very liberal school. So I grew up conservative, but I was always around liberals. And I just say this because my lifelong friends, my best friends in my life were Democrats. And they knew that I was a, a conservative, that I was, you know, voted Republican. And so it wasn't a surprise. And when 2020 came around with the election, I lost every single one of those friends. And they were in my wedding. One of them was my best man. And he severed our friendship because I wouldn't disavow Trump and vote for Biden. Um, so that's kind of a precursor of the way these people's minds are shaped, as, as many of these Democrats are. 
And then we got to the COVID shutdowns and we saw really the totalitarian nature of the Democrat Party and even the voter base who seemed to enjoy bullying Americans, who seemed to enjoy forcing their will on other people, who seemed to enjoy watching Americans who disagreed with them punished, who were forced to suffer, who lost their jobs, who spoke out against the mandates and everything else. And of course, what happened in the end, the critics of the COVID lockdowns and the policies were actually proven correct in the end. And yet there was no apology from my friends who gave up our entire you know, lifelong friendship about it. There's no acknowledgement that they were uh, nasty, that they were wrong or anything like it. Um, there's hubris and it's, it's, that's what's scary. And I don't want to be that person, Chris. I mean, we have to, we have to take the higher ground in the sense that if we want to heal the country, we've got to be able, be more willing, not, not, we have to hold people accountable, but in terms of relations with our, our neighbors and peers, we've, we've got to have some grace because we've got to get through to these people still. So we can't let saying, them. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying, Drew, is if uh, they go low, we go high. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. If, if they bring a knife, uh, we bring a gun, right? That's that's. Uh, there we go. All right, the Obamas. <laughs> With me is Drew Thomas Allen. He's the author of America's Last Stand: Will You Vote to Save or Destroy Democracy in 2024? Get all of the articles, podcasts, and pertinent news. Always the uncensored truth from a team of truth seekers who always put God and country first. America Out Loud dot news. Drew and I will be here straight ahead. We're going to discuss how the Democrats plan to play with the 2024. Should I say play or should I say fortify the 2024 elections? Straight ahead. the year 2024 must be the year of the patriot and americaoutloud.news will equip you with all the information you need to give new meaning to the words patriot act for our actions always ultimately define our words now is our time my fellow americans america out loud talk radio liberty and justice for all. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, 
the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. You're listening to Unleash the Political News Hour on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. With me is Drew Thomas Allen. He's the author of the book, America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Yes, we hear the Biden side and, and Kamala Harris talking about us destroying democracy. Joe Biden saying, Republicans and Trump are going to destroy the, the, the what's that stuff? Democracy. Well, Kamala Harris says, if Trump gets elected, democracy is going to be destroyed. And when that happens, there'll be the destruction of democracy. And when democracy is destroyed, that would mean democracy is all over because there would be the end and destruction of democracy. You got to love Kamala. But it's the Democrats who are playing or toying with the election this year, as they did back in 2020. They changed the rules. They moved the proverbial goalposts, as the young kids say, with their um, with their uh, Telstars and, and Mario Brothers and their MySpace and everything that they communicate on. We're seeing it getting a little bit worse. They're playing with population numbers. Here's something. The influx of illegal immigrants into sanctuary cities. It looks like Biden's flubbing this up, but it also... To me, if you really look beneath the surface, that this was, um, let's say, engineered, and it's been, it's been, it's been taken, it's been put together by design over the last many years to overpopulate or at least bring more representatives to urban blue areas. Uh, thoughts, Drew? Well, yeah, that's key. That's something that most people weren't talking about until recently. It was kind of under under the radar for me, even. Uh, with regards to why they're bringing in all these illegal immigrants. There are a lot of reasons for it, of course. But the one you just hit on is the fact that, think about this, you've got a lot of Americans that might be abandoning the Democrat Party. They're actually leaving blue states. They're leaving California, for example. And so obviously, when you do a census every 10 years, you reapportion the uh, representatives in the House, for example. So it's about political power. And so if you have a bunch of people fleeing these blue states and policies, well, you're actually diminishing the power of these blue states and the Democrat Party itself. And so if you bring in a bunch of illegals 
and you uh, allow them to reside in these quote unquote sanctuary cities and sanctuary states now, well, you're kind of replenishing your population. And we know that these illegals, uh, one of the first things Biden did was he allowed them to be counted in the census, for example. It's amazing that this isn't that this is even possible in America, that an illegal can be counted towards the census, towards representation. And so, you know, it's really interesting because I'm a big history guy and people don't change. Parties don't change. Tactics don't change in many ways. If you if we if we were to get into the the three fifths compromise, which the left has bastardized in terms of what it meant, you know, remember the southern states, the north wanted to diminish the power of the South. And the South, of course, had a lot of slaves and they wanted to count their slave population toward as 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 people so that they could have additional political power in the census. And so the Republicans wanted to count slaves as less than that. So they came up with a three fifths compromise. It wasn't because the North was saying blacks are less less than human. It was because they didn't want the southern slave states to have power in Washington, D.C. And so the same thing's happening now. The Democrat Party has horrible policies that result in failure. And so inevitably, if we're sane, they lose power because of that. And so now here we come illegals. We're going to put them in there, count them as citizens to bolster our numbers so that we continue to have political power in Washington, D.C. It's brilliant. This is this is something, Drew, that the Trump administration or more specifically, former Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross tried to correct. The idea was uh, uh, here's what happened. We don't have any illegal immigrants in this country at that time. Or a little before then, they were all moved out. They were all taken out of the country secretly one night, and they were replaced by an equal number of these people called undocumented immigrants or undocumented migrants. Okay, um, they they were counted in the census for a while. They were to be counted in 2020. Wilbur Ross tried to stop that, and that was of course uh, fought against by the establishment, and uh, it kind of it was given up, and that that's what happened. So that's, it's been around for a while. It's still happening. And that kind of, that over, let's put it this way, that, that allows the blue cities to be overrepresented. And that's, that's an issue. That's something that sways, that, that skews the numbers in the house of representatives and it's proven to do so. And that's something they're, they're trying to pull off and that's what's happening. It also might come to their, it, it also might backfire on them. If you think about this a little bit later on. We can talk about uh, a scenario that I, uh, as far as the election that I wanted to bring up, but I want to get into this as well. They turn around and when somebody on the right proposes something like this, which is common sense, they'll turn around and call you a racist and they'll push this DEI garbage and saying, look, you, the Republicans have a small tent. There's, there are no minorities in there. It's all old grumpy white men. Well, we're the people who are, who have the huge umbrella and we want everybody here in fact we're going to show you and march out any kind of dei employee put them out in the front regardless of their qualifications just to show you they're the racist we're not and if you go along with them you are a racist yeah yeah well i mean we I, let's hope that, that that kind of scenario plays out uh i i gotta i gotta be honest with you though the other thing that i'm fearful of uh quickly about the 2024 election is there's no doubt in my mind that in Democrat controlled states with obviously where they control the legislature with the mail-in ballot scenario that took place in 2020, no doubt in my mind that the 10 million plus illegals that have come in here, they're going to use uh, to vote. That That's absolutely going to happen. And that, well, that, that, some, that's, yeah. Here's something funny for you. Does that even matter in most of these states? Think about it. These states, even the states that are trying to knock Trump off the ballot, they're all blue states anyway. 
These are states whose people are going to vote Democrat no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. In some cases, in some cases, you're right. I mean, if you're talking about a California or a New York, perhaps, but, you know, I mean that, you know, but that, that also plays in the fact that, you know, how are we ever going to know and get a honest assessment of what the electorate's like in the United States of America? I mean, this is the problem too. I think that so many people, unfortunately, are persuaded by uh, perception, right? Perception becomes reality. Um, and the, there are a lot of arguments being made that are un. So for example, Without getting into all of the things that happened in 2020 with a mail-in ballot situation, you know, we're told that Joe Biden's the most popular president in American history, got 81 million votes. Hmm. And, you know, a lot of people that that oppose Trump on, on kind of the right say, well, he can't win because he lost in 2020. And yet in 2020, people forget that Trump actually got nearly 10 million more votes than he did in 2016. So he actually expanded his popularity. So the story isn't that Trump isn't popular and can't win. It, it's 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 manipulated in many ways by the unprecedented alteration of elections in 2020 that we haven't seen before. Well, here, here's another here's another one on you. And you take you take the idea that maybe three or four states will decide who's going to be president. That happened with Trump against Hillary, and again, uh, there's there's a likability factor with nobody in that election. Uh, Biden had the Obama coattails, and there was a Trump fatigue factor. You could say all you want. Uh, I know the Democrats fudged with the integrity of the, of the election and if you're not and you don't have to take my word for it take theirs it, it was written about and and bragged about in time magazine so i don't want to i don't want to hear that nobody said anything about it from that side because they did and they bragged about it and took a victory lap over it the fact is though there probably were and likely were enough people who said trump i i, I think he was a decent president but his antics are making everybody nuts it's dividing the country Let's see if we can bring a normal politician back, somebody who reminds people of Obama and hopefully won't cause that much damage and bring him in. Those people are either going to stay home or turn things around or or vote for Kennedy. Yeah, that's possible. I got to push back a little bit, though, because one of the problems I have is that we're accepting this premise that, oh, Trump, we don't like his personality and this and that. But that's also based on this entirely false notion that Joe Biden's a decent person or that Obama was a decent person. That's not ah. true. See, these are media narratives. And so I, I'm not saying there's 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 not any grounds to people not liking this aspect of Trump's personality, but Trump is Mother Teresa. I, this is one of the big points I make in my book. I, it's titled, the chapter's titled, But His Mean Tweets. And that is me explaining that Trump is like, okay, you mentioned Trump fatigue syndrome, which I love because that is the the rights response to Trump derangement syndrome. We are just tired of being bludgeoned. We're tired of the the atmosphere in America that's just so hostile towards us. And so a lot of people have falsely convince themselves that Trump's the problem rather than the media and Democrats. I would remind people to go back and look at John McCain when he ran for president. I would remind people to look at Mitt Romney. And I would remind them to look at what the Democrats said about those two individuals who lost their elections, by the way. The difference in Trump is, look, when they came forward with the Access Hollywood tape, that big November surprise, or maybe it was in October when they came out, that would have sunk any Republican in the past. But what did Trump do? He didn't sit here and say he wasn't embarrassed. He didn't care. He, he just said, yeah, it. Was, he owned it. He's in a locker room talk. And, and, and own, that's not, the difference. Not, not only did he own it during the what was it, third. I forgot which debate it was against Hillary. He said, I said it. Yes, I did. But I'm a different person now. And, and look, the man owned it. He did. He did something politicians don't do. You see Biden denying. I, I'm not saying I, I, I do agree with you, but I am saying there is there is a uh, 
uh, a point, and there is an election strategy when it comes to the Democrats through its packaging. Mm-hmm. This is, it, it's not that Joe Biden's a good guy. It's that, he, it's that the Democrat machine lets them, uh, with the media's help, forces or manipulates the public to believe that Joe Biden's the good guy. Think about it this way. Uh, much of the social media using population doesn't care about anything, as we said before, as we established past headlines, or what someone they perceive as smart or cool says to them, no questions asked. This is Democrat packaging. I want to get your thoughts on these. Ready? One, putting sunglasses on Biden made the base associate the man with cool, okay? The motorcycle riding cool guy with the gray hair you see in the movies. Their thought leaders, Rachel Maddow and Stephen Colbert, which, again, says a lot about these people. But uh, wrong as they are, and as inane as their commentary is, their followers only see, hmm, they have glasses. They use a couple of big words, so they must be smarter than I am. And they are my sheep herders. A media hell-bent on running defense for Biden, at least for now. Some members have been paying lip service to the age and memory issues, yes, but that might be... that may be in a preparation for a replacement, but still they'll turn on any candidate when they get the marching orders to do so. Well, let's put it this way. Okay. The idea is, Oh, Biden's an old man. He's not going to harm anybody. He's definitely not going to shake things up like Donald Trump. And that's scary. And look, Trump doesn't package himself as a gentle guy. He packages himself as the guy who is going to make a change and change to these people is scary. Yeah, that's a great point. Look, and, and my th- my question would be, okay, so how do we address this? You're not going to change the media. You're not going to get them to attack Biden. This is the big problem with the Republican Party is that the left circles the wagons and we engage in a circular firing squad. So here's a perfect example. The, they put uh, sunglasses on Joe Biden and the media in, in unison because they want to win. They just say, oh, look how cool he is. That's what this yes, means. Exactly. Nobody, nobody points out what you're pointing out, which is like, this is a joke. He actually looks stupid with those sunglasses on his face. So right. nobody pushes back on the narrative. Trump the other day, look, I used to work uh, for Mark Jacobs in fashion. So high fashion. I used to open and manage retail stores. I opened the first store in Milan, Italy. I lived in Italy for two and a half years. I, I ran a store in New York. I ran a store in West Hollywood in California. So I know the fashion world. And when I saw Donald Trump release his sneakers at SneakerCon, it was actually mm-hmm. quite epic. And to be honest, those types of sneakers are the same types of sneakers I sold for $1,000 for years and years and years. And they were actually amazing sneakers. And so obviously what people are missing on our side, they maybe don't like Trump, uh, they start attacking Trump about the sneakers. They start saying the sneakers aren't. See, he's trying to get through to people who are not 50 years old. So it actually was a good play. And we could have done what the media does for Joe Biden. Joe Biden puts the sunglasses on. Look how cool he is. Donald Trump does the sneakers. Look at how he can get through and talk to 20-year-olds and so on and so forth. This is amazing. We've never had a president. But we don't do that on our side. Instead, we've got all these people that won't come out and, and back Trump like the left does for their candidate. And we attack him for the sneakers. It's stupid. And we commit suicide. Yeah, Republicans can't package. They don't have a good ground game. And they try to te- they try to... Uh, cut the nose off some of their candidates to make them look more like Democrat light because they're afraid of being perceived as racist, whatever ist or anti this or that, that the Democrats can throw at them because whatever one or two slightly powerful Democrats says is a pejorative against the Republican, making him look like a racist or sexist or whatever else, or I'm not using any phobic word. I'm just going to be anti this, anti that. 
it'll be echoed by the media. And then the, the people who don't pay attention are going to say, I don't know if I want that guy there. He scares me. All right. Let's go to this Kennedy factor. And I want to get your thoughts on this. We have like uh, maybe five minutes left in the program here. Um, your book says the election is is a matter of saving or destroying the country. One candidate, however, has been getting attention from the under 45 voting crowd, maybe not the media, and he shouldn't be ignored come November, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., okay? His candidacy could lead to a few potential twists. I want to get your thoughts on these. I'm going to try to keep them brief. He, like Trump, wants to expose the deep state. I know he has a very, very important reason for that. Kennedy is a branded Democrat name, one younger voters still like. Case in point, Ted Kennedy gave his money to Obama. You know what happened after that. <laughs> Kennedy may struggle to get electoral votes, but he could be the Anderson factor, or perhaps better yet, the Perot factor, plaguing Biden's run. Thoughts? Well, I hope that he plagues the Democrats and not the Republicans. Um, look, RFK Jr., there are many things to like about him. There are many things not to like about him as well. Most of those things I don't like about him, I'll just leave to policy. You know, I mean, look, in one sense, in one sense, I, I really dismiss RFK Jr. in many ways because he, he didn't really take on the Democrat Party because he cowered and ran as an independent. So he didn't challenge Biden. He kind of just kind of whimpered and said, okay, I'll run as an independent. I won't challenge you for the nomination. So there you have that going on. And of course, now he's actually talking with the Libertarian Party about ballot access. Smart. I mean, he's got to do it if he wants to get on there. But the idea that the Libertarian Party, which has very little in common, actually, with RFK Jr.'s policy positions, would run him. I mean, it's just kind of out. It's like, okay, if we didn't have Trump, like, oh, okay, RFK Jr., we don't like Biden. So yeah, you can run as Republican. I mean, it's, it's Bar crazy. Barr and Johnson weren't real Libertarians either. They'll run anybody if they can get ballot access and yeah. publicity. Okay. Well, I, I, I like the libertarian philosophy, but they're also just as much into uh, uh, gaining prominence on their own. And they'll sacrifice their principles to put somebody in there with name recognition. Yeah. Yeah. Of, co of course they will. Of course they will. I mean, it's, it's futile for them, but whatever. I mean, it, it's, it's, I, the libertarian, it's amazing because the libertarian ideology and philosophy, it's very, it's, it's a close kin to conservatism, which I relate to and, and espouse. And yet most libertarians that are out there spewing libertarianism don't spew any of it. I mean, it's like they're, they're like lost in, in the in anyway. But uh, no, RFK Jr., I mean, that's interesting. If he can get on the ballots, you know, I mean, you were talking about kind of a, a situation where what if we don't get to, you know, 280 electoral votes, right, with these these presidential candidates. If he could pull off, uh, you know, winning a couple of states here and there, yep. that would be a pretty unprecedented. Well, here's, what, here's what's going to happen. This is the best part, okay? If he doesn't get this, the House of Representatives chooses the president. The Senate chooses the vice president. So this will be fun because they, have, they both have very slim majorities. There could be a little bit of a, uh, there's going to be a little bit of bargaining. There'll be people who are going to just for, a, possibly just to throw a monkey wrench in there, choose Kennedy for the first couple of rounds. Fact is though, uh, you could see a, uh, a be, and again, to be clear for those who are listening, it's it doesn't go by representative; it goes by state delegate, state delegation of representatives. So that gives the Republicans an advantage. So uh, what we could see is a Republican president and a Democrat vice president. 
Yeah, it'd be like it'd be like under uh, basically Abraham Lincoln, his second term. Trump Newsom. That's what it's going to be. Unless that, that's what I, I noticed. Why I didn't say Trump Harris? It could be Trump Newsom for twenty twenty five through twenty twenty nine. Imagine yeah. that. Chris, is she is she the worst vice president in, in American history, in your opinion, Kamala Harris? Let's put it this way: uh, uh, she she takes Biden's crown away. So uh, I guess, yeah. And and think about this: she proves that Joe Biden is not senile. Okay, I know we make fun of his mental acumen. I just don't think he's a very good president, and I think a lot of this is an act in a way. A lot of it isn't. He is getting older, and I do know. That I'm pretty sure there is some mental decline. But at the time of uh, at the time of the election, 2020, that during that season, he proved to everybody he was a smart man and he was on point. Or I wouldn't say on point, but I'd say uh, he had his mental acumen then because he assured himself that he would never be assassinated or impeached or removed from office in any way whatsoever by having Harris as his running mate. <laughs> That's right. It was the most strategic. And brilliant VP pick in history because she's the one person. She was like the insurance policy, exactly against all of that. And uh, you know, there's nobody, nobody Democrats like less than Kamala Harris. I mean, it it is remarkable because uh, she does make him look, you know, quite quite sane. To to your point, I mean, it's like she doesn't have the age excuse when she gets up there and mumbles nonsense like you were making me laugh before about democracy is a you know et cetera et cetera. But it was it was good what you said. Drew Thomas Allen, thank you very much for being with us here on Unleash the Political News Hour. Thanks, Chris. Drew Thomas Allen is the author of the book America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? We should get you on closer to election season, election time, as the year progresses. Don't forget, for the latest health resources and product innovations that may well enhance your life, Hit AmericaOutloud.shop. Use the code OUTLOUD to get a special discounts. And in, that's all from our America Out Loud family. Thank you very much for being with us. I'm Chris Cordani. This is Unleashed on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network.